If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs the 18th chapter. And Pastor Dwayne is in a series, and so he is talking about uh, seed, and he's talking about what that is with our words. And so this will be a familiar verse that he said a couple of times, but I wanted you to see it in Proverbs 18, 21. Are you there? Here we go. It says, death and life are in the power of somebody else's tongue. No. Is in the power of the tongue, your tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, or some translations say that you'll have the rewards of those things of which you say. So if you plant things of life, you will have the rewards of what you say. You're a partaker of that. I was thinking recently in recognizing some of the words that are trying to be altered uh, in our nation. Some things we're hearing words about uh, that I really don't want to get into all the, the sidetracks of what they are. But I've recognized this, this is not a new thing, Pastor Stan. This goes all the way back to Daniel. When Daniel, in the early chapters of Daniel, if you remember, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and off to Abednego, I mean, Abednego, that the, that the nation was being transported and taken into captivity into Babylon. And it says in those early chapters of the writing that, that there's two things that happened when they got them there, besides changing their name and trying to change their eating culture. You're going to eat like us. One of the things that it said that they tried to do was to change their language so that you talk like and be like in the language of the Chaldeans. And they begin to alter the meaning of words so that it don't mean Hebrew anymore. No, it's going to mean this in the, in the Chaldean language. And so you're going to learn to talk like this and all those things. And so it's no mystery to me that through the ages that a lot of times people try to alter our language, the way we say, alter things that we have communication about. And so as an example, cool don't mean cool anymore. You didn't know that. And, and wicked don't mean wicked anymore. Wicked means good. No, what? And cool don't mean cool. And bad don't mean bad. Bad means bad. Kind of reminds me of the Fonzie days. So in all of that and thinking about the words that we speak and all those things, I actually found myself praying and saying, so Lord, what would you say to the Sherman campus? What would you speak to us about the clarity of the words that we say and if I could just be so bold to say, what is the one word in our church culture that should never be altered and should never change? And I did a study, and as I was doing a study, I ran across this, this fact, that there is only one word in all of the writings that has the same definition in all four of our languages, in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, in Greek, in the New Testament, in Latin and in English, this one word has the same definition in all four languages. It's the only word. I'll say what that is in just a minute. I found that in the Bible that this word is used 183 times. 30 times it is used in the Old Testament. And 153 times it's used in the New Testament. Is that important? Yes, it is. It's not just in one part or the other, but it's used quite a lot. Of the 30 times that it's mentioned in the Old Testament, 12 of those 30 times it's used in one book, and in that book, in that one chapter alone, 
it's used almost half of the times of the 30 times that it's written in the Bible in the Old Testament. So, in that, then, of the 30 times, I begin to look, and this is where it took me at. So, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and you may recognize Deuteronomy 28. It is called the chapter of the blessings. You'll be blessed. This chapter can also be called blessings on obedience. And in, I'm going to go through these, uh, these verses in Deuteronomy 28, beginning at verse number 1. And we're going to read what the blessings are because I do believe that we are a blessed people. I do believe that we're walking in the blessings of the Lord. And in this announcement that was pronounced over them, I believe it's also a pronouncement that needs to be declared over our life that we also are blessed. And so there are about nine blessings that the Lord announces over us. So here we go. In verse chapter 28, beginning verse number one says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you, I like this next part, and shall overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. How important is it that we obey the voice of the Lord your God? Right? Verse 3, Blessed you shall be in the city. And blessed you shall be in the country. I like that. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Number six, verse six. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Come on, you can say this part with me. And blessed you shall be when when you're going out. In and going out. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. Good word. Verse 8, the Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And then skip down to verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head, you recognize this, and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. An interesting fact, the word that I'm talking about in my introduction is not mentioned one time in Deuteronomy 28. So if it's mentioned in the one chapter and it's mentioned 12 times or the 30 times only in the Old Testament, where in the world is this word found and what is it? You ready? Back up a chapter to Deuteronomy 27. In Deuteronomy 27, interesting that this word is the word amen. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, it's, it's, it's announced amen. In Texas, since we're y'all people, it's announced, ah, man. <laughs> so Deuteronomy 27, it says, in this, it says, Cursed you will be, and begin reading in verse number 14 with me, and that Levites shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel, verse 15, Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. Sounds like one of the commandments. You're not going to have any graven images before the Lord, right? Look at the next phrase. Same verse, it says, And all the people shall answer and say, 
Why? <laughs> There's that word. Why did he have us say the word Amen. Verse 16, Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt, another one of the big ten. And all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Verse 17, Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 18, Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 19, Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's bed, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who lies with any kind of animal, dear God, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say. Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them, and all the people shall say. What in the world is going on after every verse you got to say, and all the people shall say? And so that perplexed me. It made me wonder, is God trying to get an affirmation on this? Is he making it one of those testimony times that, All the people are just in declaring amen. So I begin to pray and begin to study, and this is what I found about this. He said, if we disobey God and His Word, there will be a consequence for your action. Why were they told after every curse to say amen? It's because these are the consequences for disobedience. Listen, and this is not what God wants to happen to them. I don't want this to happen to you, so I need all the people to say amen. They're with me. Next paragraph. It's not God punishing you. It's a consequence of disobedience. And God says, and I don't want that to happen, so I need all the people to say amen. In other words, it's where he's saying to us, I am not a punishing type of God. Now, I chasten those that I love, but the reason I'm chasing those that I love is because when you did something that disobeyed me, It's an action of love. You didn't know that. It's an act of love for the Lord to correct us. But for this chapter, the entirety of this chapter, for the Lord to say, I don't want to punish, I don't want to discipline, I don't want for there to be a consequence for an action, just don't do the the action part wrong. So he has us say all of these things, and did you notice the Levite said it with a loud voice? And then instructed all the people. Now, how many people were standing there when they said that? Was it 100 people in the room that were saying those things? Was it 200 people in the room that were standing there saying those things? I believe that there was a nation that was standing there, and so they're saying it clearly. God is not a God that wants to do these things to you, so please don't do these things. And all the people said amen. So, if that's true, and I believe it is, so what does the word amen mean? Y'all have heard it. Amen means? So be it. It means, I heard, let it be just like you said. Literally, the word amen, the only word used in all four languages that we know, that amen literally means that's true, or that's the truth, or it's true. It's a witness of what is being said that that is the truth. Now listen, it's not that the amen part is the truth, it's what being said is the truth. And so there is an amen. So 
I, I like practical application. And I like for there to be, Lord, give me an example of what in the world we're talking about. Especially this chapter 27 that's just eat up with, amen, 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 amen. So I was praying about it, and I was, and I was reminded of, I have, a, I have a great nephew, nephew. his name is Jacob. And little, Je- little Jacob, he's got older sisters. One of them's about to be a teenager, and Jacob is probably seven, I guess, seven years old. Six, I remember the story when he was about six years old. Now, I remember that little Jacob, that he, w- he loved to pull his sister's hair. And so he would pull his sister's hair, and so the parents happened not to be where he was. And he looked around at me, and he looked back at his sister's hair, and he pulled his sister's hair. And the sister said, stop it, Jacob. And he looked around at me and smiled, and he pulled his sister's hair. And the sister said, I said, stop it, Jacob. Mom, mom's not in the room. Dad's not in the room. Looks around at me and reaches far. And I said, Jacob? I said, come here. He came to where I was. I looked at him and I said, look at me. Look at me. Are you looking at me? Uh Uh-huh. If you pull your sister's hair again, you're going to get in trouble. Do you know what that trouble is? No. I said, do you have a clue? No. When they say stop and you don't stop and you don't stop it, you don't. What do you think is going to happen next? And he said, trouble? (laughs) Yeah, what's the trouble? I, I don't know. Look at me. Look at me. You're going to get a spanking. And I don't want to spank you. So I get your parents, and your parents, they don't want to spank you. And he's, they want you to not do that, so stop doing that so there won't be a consequence, a reason that you have to be disciplined because you are disobeying what they taught you not to do that, and your sisters will tell on you. And he said, spanking? Yeah. For pulling the sister's hair? Yeah. Okay. And I watched him, and he went over to my mother. My mother um, is 88 years old, and she had just got uh, brand-new hearing aids. So he goes over to my mother, and he walked up to my mom and said, Grandma? She's looking like this. Grandma? Grandma. Pats her on the knee. She looked down at him. Comes down, takes her face, says, Look at me. I walked over there and I said, what did you say? Well, you said, look at me. Look at me. Do you know what's going to happen if you pull my hair? You're going to be in trouble. And he's going to spank you. And my mother said, I I know I've got new hearing aids, but did I hear right? Did you, where did you learn that from, Jacob? From him. So I thought, that is so cute. So I taught him another thing. I said, come here, let me, let me teach something else. I said, so look at me, look at, look at me. He said, okay, are you looking at me? Yeah. Now, whenever I tell you something and I use any kind of a Bible verse or say something any about Jesus or God, I want you to say, 
Amen. Look at me. Do you understand? What did I say? Something about Jesus or God or the Bible say, Amen. Right. Okay, let's go. Let's go back over to Grandma. Come on. So we went over to Grandma. And I said, now get her attention again. I like that. Pat her on the knee. Look at me. Grandma? Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, Grandma? Look at me. Okay. He looked at me and said, go. I said, it is a fact, Jacob. It is a fact that God does not want to bring a discipline to us. He wants us to obey so we're not faced with the consequence of our action. I looked at him. I said, that's in Deuteronomy 27. He went, amen. (laughs) So I've got a great nephew. I want to bring him to church one day. Just follow me around. Hopefully he won't come up to you and say, look at me, look at me. Learning to say amen. Learning to say it. God has given us laws. He's given us even like the law of gravity. And we can try to defy that law. We can try to test it law, that law. But if we jump off the roof, there's going to be a consequence. It's not that God did something wrong in creating the law of gravity. But we hurt ourselves or we could die if we jump off of a roof, especially this one. So we're learning about that it's a heart of God that wants to say to us a good thing, not just a threat. It's a good thing. I don't want to. Are you hearing my heart tonight? I don't want to punish you like with little Jacob. I don't want to punish you. Please don't make me. I had a flashback. Carl said, oh, Carl Sue's in the house. She broke her arm March of 30. She's, she's now six weeks, but she's in the house tonight. <laughs> broke her arm. It was an amazing thing last week. When I came to the house, and, and she had her arm propped up like this, and she, she said, come here a minute. I came over to her, and she didn't say, look at me. And I got there, and she went, watch this. Uh, I can open my hand and close my hand. I said, that's so cool. She said, yep, and remember, I have a plate in my arm. <laughs> and I went, look at me. <laughs> So here are a couple of facts. There are 27 books in the New Testament. 24 of those books end with the word amen. There are 25 times in the book of John where it is said truly, truly, or Jesus would say verily, verily in the book. And he said it twice before his sentence, but the truly, truly, or the verily, verily was not the the true part The true part was what he was about to say. But he said it before the sentence. Why did he do it? Most theologians believe the reason he did that is because he is saying, remember, everything I say to you is what the Father has said to me. So I'm first of all telling you what the Father said to me, verily. And then I'm telling you, so it's the truth also, verily. Or true, true. Thank you, Jesus. So, I didn't want to preach long tonight. But I wanted to preach strong tonight. So we're going to end in our closing with this closing phrase, which is, and you need to come on and say it like you meet it. And all the people said, Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.